episode number 46 of the Healthier Life podcast. Hi, I'm recording this on what is supposed to be the hottest day ever recorded in the UK. Fortunately, it is a bit cooler down where we live. We live by the sea, so we might take the kids down there later in the day after school to cool off in the water a bit if it's not too scorching. But I hope that wherever you are when you're listening to this, you're keeping safe. There are some horrible pictures in the news about wildfires in various places of the world. And I don't normally like to get political on this podcast, but I do think that each summer it's a bit of a wake up call for us, isn't it? About global temperatures. We hear reports of droughts and fires and extreme weather conditions, rising sea levels, ice caps melting, and it's all a little bit depressing. In Genesis 2, we're given a cultural mandate to rule over and steward the earth. And that includes its inhabitants and its resources. And sometimes it's clear that we're just not doing a great job at that. But one of the things that we can do to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions, of course, is to eat less meat, dairy and eggs. And if you'd like to know more about the benefits of going more plant-based, then check out episode number eight, entitled Four Great Reasons and Two Easy Tips for Going More Plant-Based. And one of those great reasons is for the environment. Anyway, summer is also a time when we can pause and take stock of where we are. We're halfway through the year and perhaps like me, you set yourself some goals way back at the beginning of January. Well, now it's a great time just to step back and see how you're doing and what needs tweaking or changing as we continue into the second half of the year. In this episode, I'm going to share with you three powerful questions that you can ask yourself to take stock of where you are with your health and wellness and what changes you can make to really set yourself up for success in the second half of the year so that you can reach those goals that you set for yourself back in January. And if you're listening to this episode at another time of year, then don't worry, this is still relevant to you too. It is great to ask these questions of ourselves at any time. So before we start, just a quick disclaimer, as always, the information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast, where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, If you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. As I record this podcast, it's summer. And summer is a good time to take stock of what is working and what is not. I don't know about you, but I love to take the opportunity, especially when I'm away from home on a family holiday, just to step back a little bit from all the busyness of the day-to-day stuff and take more of a bird's eye view of how my life is looking and what kind of life I want to be living. 
And I've got three powerful questions for you to ask yourself. So I recommend that you grab a pen and a piece of paper, or if you haven't got that to hand right now, that you listen to this podcast a second time when you are able to spend some time writing it down. And I'd love you really to take some time to reflect on each question and decide what changes might be right for you going forward. Okay, so let's get started. Question number one is, what stories are you telling yourself? So what I mean by this is, what are you believing about yourself or believing about your circumstances that's not actually true and might be holding you back in some way? Often these are called your limiting beliefs. In the Bible, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So that's what we're doing. We're just taking captive every thought and just looking at it and thinking about whether that is a true thought and whether it's serving us well. So here are some examples of some limiting beliefs that you might have around your health and wellness that might not actually be true. This is just part of getting older. This is just what happens when women go through the menopause. My body's not really that important. My body is just working against me all the time. It runs in my family, so I can't do anything about it. I've never been sporty. All my previous attempts to lose weight have failed, so I guess I'm stuck with it. I just don't have time to be healthy. I'll be able to focus on my health properly when blank is over. Or even there are some things that might seem more positive on the surface, but are actually setting you up for problems later down the road. So I wonder if any of these statements resonate with you too. As long as I'm at a healthy BMI, it doesn't matter what I eat. I deserve this piece of cake. I'll just exercise this donut away later. It's easier just to take the medication than to try to change my diet or lifestyle. If I go to bed a bit later, it means I can get more things done. I'll make time for self-care later when my kids are older. They need me right now. I'm supposed to do all this by myself. It would be wrong to ask for help. There are more important things to spend my money on at the moment than my health and wellness. So I wonder, do you find yourself saying any of those on a regular basis? Jot down the ones that stood out to you and where you thought, yes, that's me. And then take some time to really get behind each of those phrases that you've written down and ask yourself these questions. What am I actually believing when I say this? Where did I learn that or get that from? What is the fear behind that belief that I have? What is really holding me back? Is this something that I need to change? What would be a new and better belief to have? So for example, suppose you have the belief, this is just what happens when you get older. Maybe you got that from your mother or your friends or society, but is it actually true? Just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. I'll say that again because I think it's so important. Just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal. 
There are so many amazing stories of people turning their lives around, reversing chronic conditions like pre-diabetes, high blood pressure, weight gain, fatigue, and maybe you could be one of those success stories too. There is so much that we can do through diet and lifestyle alone. As the famous phrase goes, genes may load the gun, but it's diet and lifestyle that pulls the trigger. So perhaps you need to rewrite your limiting belief. No longer will you be saying to yourself, this is just what happens when you get older. Instead, you could say, getting older can be a blessing and not a curse. I'm going to do what I can to help my body stay as fit and healthy for as long as possible so that I can flourish in a life that I love right up to my 70s and 80s and beyond. Wouldn't that be a better belief to have? So question one is, what stories are you telling yourself? The second question is, what are your habits? Stephen Covey, who wrote the brilliant book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says this, we become what we repeatedly do. And it's actually a quote from the ancient philosopher Aristotle, who said it more fully in this way, excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but rather we have those things because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And Paul says something similar in Romans 5 when he says, We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. So when we persevere at something, whatever that might be, in other words, when we do something repeatedly, then it develops character. So obviously, if you're repeatedly doing an unhelpful habit, then that will develop unhelpful character traits and outcomes later down the road. But if you set yourself some small positive habits and faithfully keep them up over weeks and months, then you'll get some positive results and can reap the benefits later. James Clear, in his amazing book, Atomic Habits, gives us an example of three men living in a neighborhood. One has a few not so helpful habits, another doesn't really do anything, and the third has a few helpful habits, just small things, nothing big. But James Clear paints the picture of how over time, these small, seemingly insignificant habits build on each other until those three neighbors end up being quite drastically different in their health, their character, and their perspective on life. So with your pen and paper in hand, it's time to make a couple of lists. You're going to make these lists side by side in two columns. Firstly, in the left-hand column, write down all your unhelpful habits. What do you do each day or each week that you know deep down is probably not helping you step into the best version of yourself that God created you to be? Some examples might be checking Facebook or Instagram too often. Being on my phone when my kids are trying to talk to me. Being on screens until just before I go to bed. Okay, can you see there's a bit of a theme emerging here? That weekly treat at the cake shop every Friday that I don't really need. Always snacking on chips or ice cream whenever I watch TV. The way I moan and complain about my work. A certain TV show that I feel addicted to but probably doesn't have the best morals or values. 
a certain unhelpful phrase that I often say to myself or my spouse or my children that just tears them down rather than builds them up. Okay, so make a list of as many unhelpful habits you can think of that you have. And now that you've done that, before you get too depressed, it's time to look at the good, helpful habits that you're already doing. So now I'd like you to make a similar list in the right-hand column, but this time of the good habits. Phew, I hear you say. Yes, sometimes it is great to see all the good things that you're doing and to celebrate your wins and successes. Write them all down. And this isn't just to puff you up with pride so that you can give yourself a pat on the back, but it's really just to encourage you to see what you're already doing so that you can be motivated to keep going. So some of the things on this list might be, I make a healthy breakfast each morning. I exercise three times a week. I always make my bed when I get up each morning. I always remember to say I love you when I leave my child at the school gate each morning. Whatever it is, write it down. A list of all your helpful habits. Okay, now that you've done that, we're going to go back to that list of unhelpful habits in the left-hand column. And what you're going to do is gradually you're going to turn each one of those unhelpful habits into a good helpful habit. You're going to eventually cross it off the left-hand list and move it across to the right-hand list. You got the idea? Great. So do take your time on this. Choose just one or a maximum of two that you're going to start to turn around right now and don't choose too many or else you'll just get overwhelmed and then you'll be back at square one. So have a look at your left-hand list and choose one of those habits and then think, what is a better, more helpful habit that I can replace that with? For example, if you're often taking your phone to bed and scrolling through Instagram just before you go to sleep, then instead try leaving your phone to charge outside of your bedroom. And yes, you can totally get an ordinary alarm clock to make sure that you wake up on time the next morning. And then instead of looking at your phone, choose a good book to read in bed instead. And then you're gonna add that new habit to the right-hand list and maybe put a little star by it or something so that you know that it's a habit in progress. And once you've worked on that new habit of leaving your phone outside the bedroom door and reading a book, working on that for about three or four weeks, it'll eventually become so second nature that you'll be able to cross that old habit off the list on the left-hand side and have that new one on the right-hand side to continue on with. Brilliant. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But the results will be amazing. Just remember, it takes time and just take it one step at a time. So that was the second question. What are your habits? And the third and final question is, who do you surround yourself with? Motivational speaker Jim Rohn famously said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What he means is, Take a look at the five people that you see most often or talk to most often or listen to on a podcast or in a book or on a video most often. Those are the people that influence you the most in life. Then take a look at your faith, your relationship with God. Look at your health, what you eat and how much you exercise. Look at what you do with your time and your money and even what your weight is and what your income actually is. And you'll find that you're probably an average in all of those areas of those five people that you just listed. 
Studies have shown that people with obese friends are more likely to be obese themselves. People with friends who smoke or drink excessively are more likely to smoke or drink excessively themselves. And conversely, people with friends who exercise regularly are more likely to exercise regularly themselves. And spiritually too, people with friends or mentors who put a high priority on their relationship with God are more likely to set aside time to read their Bible, pray and go to church too. It makes sense, doesn't it? And we see this all the time in families. Children tend to turn out to be a lot like their parents, for better or worse. Hopefully in a good way. I mean, have you ever noticed how careers tend to run in families? Children of doctors often want to grow up to be a doctor. Or children of teachers often want to grow up to be a teacher. And so on. Proverbs 12 verse 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So take some time to really think about the people who influence you the most. Your friends, the people who you hang out with the most. And then think, are they a positive influence on me or not? Are they building me up or dragging me down? Is our relationship a positive one or a negative one? Now, of course, I'm not saying that you can just get rid of all your negative friendships or the relationships in your life that are a little bit toxic. That's just not realistic or even the right thing to do in some cases. But what we can do is to make sure that those negative relationships or influences are not impacting us in a negative way and dragging us down. A really helpful book that I recommend to all my one-to-one clients on this topic is Boundaries by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. It's a Christian book and it is well worth a read. So once you've identified some not-so-helpful influences that you might need to step back from, and that might be a real-life friend or maybe even someone that you follow online, then it's time to think about some positive relationships that you can surround yourself with instead. So just have a think, who do you really admire? Who would you like to be like? What can you do to soak up more of their influence in your life? If it's a friend, could you meet up with them more regularly? If it's someone online, could you buy their book or listen to their podcast once a week or join their course? Make sure that the five people you're surrounding yourself with the most are ones that are going to inspire you in a good way. And probably they'll all have something different that they're inspiring you about. One may be really strong in their faith. Another may be really great about eating healthy food. Another might be a fantastic parent or someone who has fun exercising or someone who's really kind and compassionate. Whatever character trait it is that you admire, be sure to surround yourself with those kinds of people. Okay, so just to recap, the three powerful questions to ask yourself are, number one, what stories are you telling yourself? Number two, what habits do you have? And number three, who do you surround yourself with? I would love to know which one of those questions particularly stood out to you and gave you an aha moment or inspired you in some way. So please either leave a comment on my blog post if you're listening to this on my website or send me a quick email at support at I would love to hear from you and I promise to reply. That's it for today. Take care of your out and about in this heat. Drink lots of water. Have a great week and I will catch you next time. 
Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.